Hi, everyone. Happy New Year. I'm excited to be here again for season two of This is the Life podcast. My name is Stacy Ann Edwards, and I am your host. And I just want to say welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad you decided to tune in again to those who have been listening. And to those who are new, please make yourself at home. Come in. Get comfortable. You are among family and friends. I want to encourage you to catch up on past episodes and also check out and follow my Instagram page at now underscore this is the life where I share more content that I pray will be encouraging to you. So let's get ready to jump in. Today, the topic is dirty mouth. Wait until you hear what the Lord has to say. Thank you so much for tuning in to this is the life podcast. I do hope you enjoy. Hello, thanks so much for joining me today. I want to start out with a a little disclaimer. I'm here to open up my life so that you can see what my life is like with Jesus. I want to share that this is a safe and judgment-free space, mostly because this is the Lord's podcast and he will have it no other way. So your story, your experiences, your lessons, trials, temptations, pain, tribulation, disappointment, victories, triumphs, all of that will most likely be different from mine. But I ask you to keep your eyes on him, keep your eyes on Jesus and open your ears to what he has to say through me today. With that being said, Lord Jesus, Thank you so much for this time that we get to spend with you. We ask that you would be welcomed here. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to come in now, please, and have your way. Move about as you so desire. Lord, I ask that you would decrease me completely so that you may be increased and lifted up according to John 12 and 32. In the name of the Lord, I pray. Amen. All right. So you know me. I hope you know me by now. I like to do backstories. I like to give context. So I just want to start out with that. So I'm tell you a little story. So a few years ago, um, when I was cleaning the bathroom, I heard the Lord say, tell them the truth. I'm like, okay, God just talked to me. All right. I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know where to go with it. I was like, okay, but I kept it in my heart. Then sometime after that, I was given the scripture, John seventeen seventeen, And when I saw it, my spirit just connected with it right away. So I knew that that was a message from the Lord. So when I read it, it just was coming together for me. Tell them the truth. And by the way, John seventeen seventeen says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. All right. So we got a word from the Lord and we got a word from the Lord. So then some time after that, I started getting attracted to the word mandate, mandate. And that is not a word that people, you know, use often. So I went searching, researching and looked up what the meaning of it was. And it says an official order or commission to do something. Another definition is give someone authority to act in a certain way. So I'm like, okay, God, you just said this. You just said that. Okay, now you're saying this. Bring it together for me. What's going on? And this was a few years ago. So most recently, the Lord has been using me to share, you know, my story and what's going on. And so I understand now what he referred to by the mandate and for me to tell the truth. I want to read the scripture to you uh, that I just mentioned. It's John chapter 17, but I'm going to start at verse 16 and end at 19. So I think I'm reading now, yes, from the amplified version. So it says, they are not of the world, worldly belonging to the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy by the truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, just as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. 
And so for their sake and on their behalf, I sanctify, dedicate, consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified, dedicated, consecrated, made holy in the truth. All right. So this is Jesus speaking and he's actually talking to father. So he's praying to our father and he's praying for his disciples and he's asking father to separate them, to purify them, to consecrate them by the word of God. So this is the prayer that the Lord has prayed over those disciples all those years ago and also over us. So Jesus prays for us, of course. So this is one of his prayers. So then I wanted to share the definition for sanctification. So sanctification is the setting apart of something for a particular use. So the Lord prayed for us to be set apart for his purposes alone. So whatever he desires, we would desire. Whatever he hated, we would hate. He does this by means of the word of God. So we now understand what this mandate was and what sanctification is. And so this is what the Lord, you know, was just revealing to me over the last few years. And what I understand now is that the Lord has given me special grace to tell the truth, to come and share the story, to tell the truth so that others may benefit from it, so that he may be glorified. So that's what I'm here to do. I understand this is my purpose in this season, and I'm just excited to to see what the Lord does with it. So let's talk about it. Dirty mouth. That's the topic. (laughs) So, okay, I used to curse a lot. I'm just going to just say it. I'm just going to say it. I used to do a lot of cursing. Yes, I did. I must tell the truth. Because that's what the Lord said. So the funny thing is, I didn't actually grow up cursing. That wasn't something that I learned, you know, when I was growing up. And I actually grew up in Jamaica and moved here in the early um, teens. Yes, I moved here in the early teens. And I started going to school here and got around friends and classmates and stuff and just sort of learned it. And I would curse I feel like, you know, because it made me cool, I th- or so I thought, I, this is what I thought in my mind. Everybody was doing it. It made me feel like I was a part of the crowd. It made me feel accepted. I wasn't the odd one out. Um, and I think from there, it started to kind of develop as a mechanism to protect my feelings, To and it made me feel strong and in control, and it kind of made sure that some people stayed away from me, you know, people that didn't want to get too close to me. So it was actually reinforced by, of course, television and radio and, you know, music videos and all of that, just the language that we see now, that we're experiencing now, that was developing all along in those years. So I started to use that language. I actually didn't curse in front of a lot of people. I would curse with my friends. It would be our habit. That's the way that we communicated um, in certain relationships. I would, you know, just let it rip. But I brought that from my teenage years into adulthood. It actually sort of tapered off because we know that you can't just be in the workplace just dropping the alphabet bombs all over the place. That's not going to work. And so it tapered off a bit. I didn't do it as much, but it was still present. It was present. It was something that I was still doing in my relationships and so forth. So this is what the Lord started showing me, actually looking back now, you know, when we were talking about it, uh, because he shared with me that he wanted me to talk about this. So he also actually showed me in the last few years that even though there is Uh, foul language. There's also a different type of cursing. And I learned mentorship about word curses. And I, I was like, what? What is that? What is a word curse? I've never heard of that before. And so by definition, a word curse is speaking negatively over and to others and yourself. Uh, and that causes yourself and other people to feel negative feelings and that empowers them to fail. So the word of God tells us that death and life is in the power of the tongue and they that choose it will have its fruit. So 
you speaking death over someone or speaking life over someone, there's a powerful thing that happens when you speak over yourself and over other people. So we have to be very careful with our words. And this is a part of what the Lord has been teaching me. He has been, well, I'll tell you more about it. We're going to keep talking. Okay. All right. So I'm going to read this verse to you. It's Psalm 109 and 17. It says, he loved to pronounce a curse. May it come back to him. He found no pleasure in blessing. May it be far from him. So we know that the the Lord wants us to bless others and not curse them because we don't want that to come back on us. We want to be the ones to bless others. We want to speak good of others, well of others. So this topic about the word curses, maybe the Lord will have me kind of go further into that in another episode. But uh, for now, we're going to go back to the dirty mouth story and talk about that. So fast forward now, right, to 2016. I'm saved, but I am not holy. Okay, and we're going to talk about what that means. So I'm saved in 2016. I'm trying to do what I believe I should be doing. I'm going to church. I'm going to services. I'm taking classes. I'm paying tithes. I'm trying to check off the box. But the whole time behind the scenes, I'm running around saved, but I had no real application of the knowledge of God's word. None. So here's an example. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 15, verses 17 to 19. And it says, Do you not see and understand that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the abdomen and so passes on into the place where discharges are deposited? But whatever comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this is what makes a man unclean and defiles him. I'm going to read that one again. Verse 18. But whatever comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this is what makes a man unclean and defiles him. Verse 19, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, reasonings and disputings and designs such as murder, adultery, sexual vice, theft, false witnessing, slander, and irreverent speech. Whoa, what? Me, no clue, no clue at all that this was in the Bible. (laughs) I'm like, huh? None of that. Here's another one. James chapter one, verse 26. It says, if anyone thinks himself to be religious, piously observant of the external duties of his faith and does not bridle his tongue, but deludes his own heart. This person's religious service is worthless, futile, barren. Yeah, let that one sink in. Yeah, yes, the Lord is very serious about what comes out of our mouths. And so this is the lesson, you know, that he has been teaching me. So what I've learned from the Lord is that my curse words, my foul language That was actually spoiling my witness. So what I mean by spoiling my witness is I, as a child of God, as a Christian, you know, announced that I belong to the Lord that I accepted him into my heart. I am in Jesus. I am in Christ. But I was not exhibiting the behavior of a child of God according to the word of God. So I was spoiling the impression that everyone has or should have of God and who belongs to him. So the word of God says that we should be holy like our father, but I was not acting holy at all. It wasn't happening. So what I was doing was spoiling my witness, how I behaved in front of my co-workers, how I behaved in front of my friends, how I behaved in front of my family members. That was not holy at all. So I'm going to read first Peter chapter two, verse 12. And it says, keep your behavior excellent among the unsaved Gentiles. Conduct yourself honorably with graciousness and integrity so that whatever reason. So I'm sorry, so that for whatever reason they may slander you as evildoers, yet by observing your good deeds, they may instead come to glorify God in the day of visitation when he looks 
upon them with mercy. Okay. So number one, this is not about us at all. This is about God receiving glory from the way that we live our lives. I had no clue about this. This is new to me. What are you saying, Lord? So it's as if like you're, you're in a family and you may be like one of the few people that are saved in the family, but every time they get around you, you are doing the most, you know, dropping all of the bombs that you can and stringing them all together and just spoiling the witness, you know, because then they're thinking in their mind, well, okay, um, I thought you were supposed to be Christian. I thought you said that you were in Christ. So is this how everybody rolls? You know what I mean? So we have to be careful about witnessing without witnessing. Your life is a witness. So this is what the Lord was sharing with me or showing me. I'm going to read Ephesians 4 and 29. This says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. My goodness. Lord. Like he's so serious about what comes out of our mouth. And I just had no clue. So then the Lord started showing me about bringing shame to his name. We know in Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the Lord, as we know, went through a lot. He endured a lot. He took on the whole wrath of our father. He despised the shame and the humiliation. Remember, he's God that came down from heaven and walked the earth in, took on human flesh, right, and died on the cross for our sins. He said, yes, I will do it. I will give myself, give my life. You know what I mean? He was still fully God, fully man, but he did this. And endured the shame and the humiliation and went through it so that we could be now saved in him. We could live in him. And so he's gone through enough shame. So me and what I was doing, I was bringing shame to his name because I was saying that, oh, I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. But every other word out of my mouth was an irreverent word. You know, every other word of, out of my mouth was something that was not honoring him at all. So this is another thing, you know, that we just have to be careful about. What are we doing to him? What are we doing to his heart? How does he feel about this? We don't really think about it. So then the Lord also showed me about bringing harm to my brothers and sisters in Christ. So I'm going to read this verse to you. Or these verses, I should say. It's in Psalm chapter 69, verses 5 to 6. And it reads, You, God, know my folly. My guilt is not hidden from you. Lord, the Lord Almighty, may those who hope in you not be disgraced because of me. God of Israel, may those who seek you not be put to shame because of me. My God, my God. We not only have to watch our witness in front of non-believers, we not only have to consider, first of all, actually, how the Lord feels about what we are saying, what comes out of our mouths, but we have to watch out for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Yes, because we are, you know, we could be around babes in Christ or those newly reborn in Christ. And using this language or, you know, doing certain things or thinking a certain way and, and vocalizing it. And they may begin to think that this is how, you know, they should live their life. And that that would be awful. <laughs> that would be absolutely awful for us to do to cause this to happen to our brothers and sisters in Christ because we weren't paying attention to the word of God and choosing to apply it to our lives. So the Lord just, you know, revealed all of this, all of these lessons to me about what was actually coming out of my mouth because what was coming out of my mouth was what was in my heart. So the change did come. The change did come. And so what happened in 2020, I went into a, a fast 
And hopefully I can share more about that story. That's a whole nother story to tell. But I started drawing closer to the Lord and I started, I call it eating his word. So I was starving because I wasn't reading my word. So I was literally starving, which is interesting because I was actually 80 pounds overweight at the time that I was starving. <laughs> Let me repeat that. I was physically 80 pounds overweight at the same time that I was starving for the word of God. So I entered into this fast and I started eating the word of God. This is how um, he started healing me. And I think a little under a year later, I had lost the 80 pounds and my spirit was stronger. So it's like a switch happened. My body lost weight and my spirit got, you know, stronger, got muscles or whatever, <laughs> something like that. That's a, another story. <laughs> so this is what happened. He did it. He used his word. And here comes the word again. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So that's what the Lord was doing with me. He was sanctifying me. I was drawing closer to him. I was eating his word. I was praying. I was talking to him more. And by the way, when you're reading his word, eating his word, and you're talking more to him, you know, those words can't come out of your mouth when you're talking to the Lord. Like, mm-mm. Yeah. When you're eating his word, it's just washing you and washing you. The more you talk to him, it's just washing out your mouth. So that's what the Lord was doing to me. So the word of God, it does renew and it does transform. And I'm going to read Romans chapter 12, verse two. I'm going to actually read the New King James Version and then the Amplified Version. Uh, so it reads Romans chapter 12, verse two. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the Amplified Version. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So this is what the Lord did. I was actually living the word. This is what he's called us to do, to be renewed and transformed. When I started learning about what the Lord wanted, it convicted me. It hurt me because then I realized that it was hurting him. The words I was using, the attitude I had, it was awful and it was hurting him. And so that led me to repentance. And we know repentance is turning away from what is evil, what is not of God. It's turning away from wickedness and walking in holiness um, according to the word of God. So I repented. I confessed my sins. I kept a steady diet of the word of God. And the Lord just remapped my mind, which is the best way I can describe it. He shifted my thought process just by me reading his word continuously. And the renewal and the transformation is done through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. And by that, I was healed. The source of my curse words were healed because the Lord started to address what was in my heart where all of that stuff was coming from. Because remember, the word tells us that it is what comes out of the mouth, you know, because that comes out of the heart. So he started to address my insecurities. You know, why was I doing that? Why was I covering? What was I covering up? I didn't know who I was. That was an issue. That was a source of why I was using those words. Wanting acceptance, you know, not feeling accepted. That's another thing. People pleasing. I wanted to please people and, and, you know, have them accept me and feelings of wanting to control something. You know, I could control, you know, to a certain extent when I use those words. But the Lord started healing me and changing me and transforming and renewing me through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So. I realized that I was saved, but I wasn't holy. Yeah, I was still holding on to the old Stacy. So let me read this to you. Ephesians chapter four, 
verses 17 to 24. Uh, yes, I'm going to read all of it. I need to read all of it. <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, verses 17 to 24. So just hang in there with me, you know, take out your Bible, open up your phone and read along. Okay. It says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. He said it. There it is. I was walking around in old dirty clothes. Yep, didn't know that I was supposed to take off my old self and my old dirty clothes from the former life. I was carrying the former life into my new life with Jesus, and that is not his will at all. It happened because I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know his word. I didn't know what he said. I didn't know what his message was. I didn't know any of that. In my mind, I thought you know, that if I, I gave up the obvious things like, oh, you know, don't be seen in the club, like don't be drinking, don't get drunk. Not that I did those things anyway. If I gave up having sex and hanging around certain people or certain groups, then that would be good. If I just went ahead and did that and paid my tithes and went to church service and took classes and tried to be kind to people, then I was going to be good. But I was wrong. Yes. I was wrong. That is not what he asks for. It's like the Lord put it to me this way. It's like agreeing to be in a relationship with someone, right? You don't care to know them. You're just like, hey, y'all, this is my boyfriend or hey, y'all, this is my girlfriend. And you have no idea who the person is, what they're about, where where they're from, their history, their background. Where do they do that at? Like, how does that work? That does not work. You know, we have to know who we are in relationship with. We have to get to know him, you know, know the Lord. We have to get to know his word. Because that is how we are formed into his image, because that is the whole purpose. The, the word of God tells us that the our father will continue the work until the day the Lord returns and we are going to be made into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you don't know him, it's not going to be a lot of mirroring happening. So, yeah, that's what that was. I had no clue that I was supposed to take my old self off and put on my new self in Jesus. So I'm going to read Deuteronomy 6 and 5. Hope you guys are hanging in there. <laughs> and Deuteronomy 6 and 5 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with your entire being and with all your might. Nope, wasn't doing that. Nope, nope. This is what the Lord has called us to do. I wasn't doing that because if I was doing that, then I wouldn't be out there thinking a certain thing or acting a certain way. So that was me. I must take responsibility for what I wasn't doing. We need to know that Jesus wants it all, including control of our mouths. And so the revelation was for me that Jesus healed me. He healed me from the inside out. He healed my heart. He looked at, you know, the source of where that that foul language was coming from. And he spiritually and figuratively, you know, gave me some mouthwash and washed my mouth out. So I just give thanks to the Lord for what he's done and and how he's transformed and renewed me. And I just realized that I don't need to curse. Like, I don't need to to use foul language. And and some of you guys may may not have ever cursed. Well, praise the Lord and thanks be to God. Yeah, it was not good to have to go through that. But. Some of us grew up cursing and some of us still curse. And, but 
we just need to know what the Lord desires of us. So I just give thanks to him for revelation and for these lessons and for the healing. You know, it's definitely changed my life for sure. So I have a little story here. Okay. (laughs) So I don't remember what year it was. So I went to go get my nails done and I'm coming out of the nail shop and I'm going into my car and I'm I'm about to open up my door and this big old dog like kind of like leaps up through the other the window of the other car and the window is down and he starts barking and out of my mouth comes one of those words yep sure did listen i'm a human being just in case so yes the first word that came out of my mouth was was a curse word and so I was just so startled. I just didn't know what to do with myself. Like this dog was huge. I thought this dog was going to take my head off. But what I did was I repented. I repented. I asked for forgiveness and I continued to move forward because there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is none, none at all. So if you are on the path where the Lord is healing you or has healed you and you fall off the track, you repent, you ask for forgiveness and you get up and you keep going again because the devil is a liar completely completely and he will not be taking you down back into wherever you came from because what happens is when stuff like that happens we get convicted through the holy spirit conviction is different from condemnation there's even a different feel to it so as you are growing in the lord you're going to understand what conviction feels like separate or different from condemnation conviction is it it i don't know let me Lord, help me to explain. Okay, conviction is this this thought, this feeling where you're like, you know, I made a mistake or, oh my gosh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. You know, that kind of feeling. You feel right away like, I don't know if the sorry is the is the best word, but you know that you stepped over to the wrong place. It's like a warning that goes off, but it's not a blaring, you know, horn. It's something that the Holy Spirit does. I don't, I don't know how to describe it exactly. But condemnation, you will know the difference because the enemy will start to tell you thoughts about, oh, you're not really healed or you don't belong to God. You don't belong to Jesus. You need to just forget about it. It'll never work. He just goes off like in a whole total different direction, and you will be able to tell the difference. So we do not respond to condemnation at all as children of God. No, in the name of Jesus. So yes, we we get up, we dust ourselves off, and we continue to move forward. We're not perfect. We're growing in holiness. We're growing up in Jesus. That's what I learned. I'm not perfect, y'all. I'm not perfect. No, I'm not perfect. So when I hear curse words now, I actually have a physical reaction to it. Like I cringe. I notice that. Like when I hear it, I'm like, oh, cringe. Seriously. I feel like that's how the Lord maybe feels like when when we do that, when those words come out of his children's mouths. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's an awful feeling. It feels like fingernails on a chalkboard for me. Not perfect, but healed. That's what I am right now. Um, I didn't even know that this was an affliction until I got to know him, until I got to know the truth. There's no desire for me now to use those words anymore. I now know that I have the mind of Christ. Um, there's absolutely no curse words in his mind anywhere, not at all, zero, never was, never will be. That's it. I don't need to use those words now because I speak the word of God and I now know that those words give life. The word from the Lord gives life and they are healing and they are powerful. They are infinitely more powerful than any word that I could have used to degrade or shame or harm or hurt anyone, uh, including myself. And I was the one speaking it. So I don't use those words again because the Lord has shown me that it hurts his heart. I love him. I love myself. And I now know that he didn't create me to be that person. I don't react anymore. I respond. I learned that curse words are spoken as a reaction. So when you know who you are, then you carry yourself in a certain way. This may not be a problem, like I said, for others. 
but it was one for me. And it was one of the first things I noticed that God changed in me when I started drawing closer to him. You may not think it's a problem for you. You you know, may think it's okay to slip one in here and there. Listen, I get it. I did the same thing. But you are ruining your witness as a follower of Jesus. You're shaming his name. Think about who's watching you and who's listening to you. Your children may even be listening to you. Your relatives, your co-workers, neighbors, Christians that are around you are hearing these words and, and thinking they can do it too. But the truth is, I didn't think about any of that. I thought I was minding my business and living my life. But I was wrong, of course, because this isn't my life. It now belongs to Jesus. So I'm going to read uh, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ in him. I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ the Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Also, Colossians chapter 3 verse 4 tells us this, When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So these scriptures are telling us that Jesus is our life. We live in him. This is his life. Yes, it happened. This is his life. So we just need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded that there is no condemnation. It doesn't come from him. That comes from the devil. But we are convicted through the power of the Holy Spirit because the Lord loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us this way. So when I read the word, I was convicted because I believe Jesus was talking to me and telling me himself that he didn't make me this way. He told me that this is not who I am. And in my experience, I didn't have to go cold turkey like, oh, I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop right now. It happened gradually. The more I read, the more I prayed, the more I spent quality time with him, the words in my mouth literally started to change. So I'm actually in complete awe of how he did it. Like before I knew it was done. So you you cannot spend quality time with Jesus and be the same. I'm going to repeat that again. You cannot spend quality time with him and ever be the same. There's no way you will be changed. And so we give God thanks for that. So I just want to share with you here. This is not a anything about being ashamed or guilty or this is not to condemn anyone. All all of that is from the devil. We are not going to help him do any of his work in the name of Jesus. This actually is my testimony. It is a witness of the power and the love of God. The Lord wants us to know that he didn't make any mistakes when he created us. He knows what we were made for and how we were meant to function. And he desires to wash all of us. And believe me, it won't taste like soap. It will feel like love. I'm going to read Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And it says, what shall we say to all of this? Are we to remain in sin in order that God's grace, favor, and mercy may multiply and overflow? Certainly not. How can we who die to sin live in it any longer? So in November of last year, the Lord was talking to me about the fact that we praise him and we give him thanks from our mouths, right? And then with the same mouth, we curse people and we curse ourselves. We cannot do both and walk in holiness. We are not called to be perfect, but to be holy is what he says, which we cannot do by ourselves. We need Holy Spirit's help. A few weeks later, then he gave me the verse Colossians uh, chapter 3, verse 8, and it says, But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all things, anger, rage, bad feelings toward others, curses and slander, and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. My goodness, my Lord, my Lord. This was my clue that this is what he wanted to talk about. So... 
we need to be mindful. Again, he's very serious about what comes out of our mouths because it's what's in our hearts. So he told me to be sure to tell you guys that he will do the same thing for you because we know that he is not partial. For Romans 2 and 11 tells us, for God shows no partiality, undue favor or unfairness. With him, one man is not different from another. So what's in us is what comes out. We have to make sure that we are in alignment with Jesus and his word. And the Lord has been showing me about something else that we need to be aware of. And it's actually all tied together. And this is actually known as little foxes. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about this before, but when I heard about this, I was like, excuse me? Like, what is this? Little foxes. And we learn about little foxes in Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. I'm going to read it again. Catch us the foxes. The little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. In this scripture, a love story unfolds. The wording in this love story between King Solomon and the Shulamite woman is referencing foxes. And the foxes are symbolic of potential threats to their relationship. We can also see this as a mirror of our relationship with Jesus. So certain things, behaviors, mindsets, beliefs, etc. could come in and try to spoil our relationship with the king. And needless to say, he loves his bride, which is the church, all of the believers. And he wants us to do our part to make sure that the relationship that we have with him is healthy, strong and thriving. So let's talk about these little foxes now. Who are these foxes? So these little foxes are sins of the heart, of the lips, and of our behavior. So, for example, an example of little fox could be lying, foul language, cursing, criticizing, being rude, pushy, um, or being jealous. They are destroyers. These foxes are disruptors. They appear sometimes in a small form. Then if left unchecked, they spoil your ability to produce the fruit of the spirit, which according to Galatians 5 and 22 to 23 in the Amplified Version says this, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, gladness. It's peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, which is benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, which is self-restraint, continence. Against such things, there is no law that can bring a charge. So if you've done all you can and you still have or you know see issues with producing fruit in your lives then check to see if there are any foxes running loose behind the scenes in your life they run quickly we can know what they are by asking holy spirit we can ask him to show us and he may already been showing us or pointing them out to us But the question now is, what do they do? What do the foxes do? They wreak havoc in our relationship with the Lord and in our ability to be intimate with him. They spoil our witness before our unsaved family members, friends, co-workers, neighbors, strangers. They could spoil the effectiveness of our walk in the presence of other Christians, our brothers and sisters in Christ. These little foxes cause us not to shine as bright as we should. They cause us to blend in with the world when the Lord is calling us out of the world. And I don't have to tell you that this is not the will of God. So what are we called to do? Simply put, we're called to kill them. Yes, we must kill them. We need to stop them dead in their tracks, you know, because otherwise they're going to grow to be bigger and they're going to cause more problems. So we destroy these foxes, such as filthy language, so that we can effectively walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. 
We must submit to the Holy Spirit and eat the word of God daily and stay in prayer. When we do this, we will become stronger when we confess our sins and ask for forgiveness and we give the Lord our mouths and our tongues and ask him to use it for his glory. This is literally a prayer that Holy Spirit has given me to say, you know, where I ask the Lord, take my tongue, use it for your glory. Ask the Lord to show you the little foxes running around in the background. They're looking to destroy your relationship with him, and they are looking to destroy your relationship with others. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 7 and 1. It says, Therefore, since these great promises are ours, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that contaminates and defiles body and spirit, and bring our consecration to completeness in the reverential fear of God. Psalm 51 and 10 tells us, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. The Word of God is constantly speaking about drawing us into holiness and consecration and calling for us to have clean hearts. This is the will of God. The will of God is the Word of God. If you want to know what the will of God is, look at the word of God. So we've now come full circle. I'm going to read again Colossians 3 and 8. But now put away and rid yourselves completely of all these things, anger, rage, bad feelings toward each other, curses and slander and foul-mouthed abuse and shameful utterances from your lips. A reminder here, this is what I went through, and the Lord told me to share it with you. Everyone's experience, everyone's life, everyone's relationship with Jesus and others is totally different. We are different human beings. But give yourself some grace and mercy and give Holy Spirit the control. He will help you. It is for sure and for certain. So I do hope that there was something in this life lesson that was helpful to you and that could be helpful to, you know, others around you. So let me reintroduce myself to you. Hi, my name is Stacy Ann and I am a former potty mouth. Jesus did it for me, and he will do it for you. God bless you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Your word says, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. We thank you, Father, for your word, which is powerful, active, and sharper than any double-edged sword. It cuts through bone and marrow and soul and spirit, and it is the discerner of the intentions of the heart. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you are looking into our hearts and you desire for us not to stay the same but for us to get out of the old clothes, for us to move away from the old man and step into that which you have called us to do in our new life with you. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive us, Almighty God. Forgive us, O Lord God, for sinning against you. Forgive us, Lord God, for the, the languages that we have been using, the foul language, Lord God. Forgive us for word curses, Almighty God, that we have spoken over ourselves and over others. Forgive us, Lord God, for not walking in righteousness and holiness today. We confess our sins. We repent. And now we turn away from that, God. Now that your word has sanctified us today, we turn away in the name of Jesus. We turn towards you to walk in that which you have called us to walk in so that you may be glorified, so that our witness, Lord God, may not be tainted. Forgive us, Lord God, every time that we have ruined our witness, Lord God, before our families, our friends our co-workers, before our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would forgive us for hurting your heart, for the things that we have said. For Lord God, the source was in our heart. Forgive us today, Father, in the name of Jesus, and cleanse us now of all unrighteousness today. Holy Spirit of God, we pray that you would show us the little foxes running rampant in the vineyard, those foxes that are trying to destroy the vineyard, that are trying to affect us. Lord God, you know, and stop us, Lord God, from bearing
bearing the fruit that you've called us to bear through the power of the Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God. We ask that you would help us to do according to the will of God, to bear fruit so that the Lord may be glorified in this. We bless your name, Father. We thank you for the truth today. We thank you, Lord God, that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that your word washes and cleanses us. We thank you, Lord God, for chastening. For the word of God tells us that that when our father chastens us, it is because he loves us. And that's how we know that we really belong to you. My God, my God. Thank you so much, God, for the renewing and the transforming of our minds. Thank you for forming us into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We bless the name of the Lord today. We worship you today. We lift you up and magnify your holy name. You will receive all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. It will be done. The will of God be done. Now on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, we just say, have your way today. We come out of the way. Forgive us for grieving Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, come and take your place. Lord Jesus, sit on the throne of our hearts and rule and reign supreme in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ the King. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to thank you so much for listening today. Hasn't Jesus done good? Hasn't he done well? I pray this has been a blessing to you. Please share with anyone you feel will benefit from this, please. I would love to stay in touch with you. So please follow my Instagram page at now underscore this is the life. Again, it is now N-O-W underscore this is the life. You can also reach me at this is the life 146 at gmail.com. Again, the email address is this is the life 146 at gmail.com uh, to be added to our mailing list so you can receive any updated announcements or any free content. So thank you so much for listening. May God bless you always. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if it has been impactful or a blessing in any way, please consider sharing this episode with others who may be interested or curious in finding out what it's like to live with Jesus. Also consider leaving a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify. And by God's grace, we'll meet again on the next episode of This is the Life. God bless you.